Here's your host, Alex Garrett. I've often thought of this, that O Come, O Come, Emmanuel isn't just a Christmas carol, a Christmas hymn. It does have to do with what we're in right now. And by the way, Sunday pod edition of Keeping Real with Alex Garrett. And um, before we start anything, it is Palm Sunday, and I wanted to just say that I think Christ is entering our mindsets again at the right time. Of course, he's been in our mindset for months now, but this time with the week, with the biblical happening of him coming to Jerusalem, celebrated today on Palm Sunday, when they laid the coats out for him and his donkey to walk on into Jerusalem, I thought, and you can read this at medium.com, I thought of um, this idea. If we can, why not lay palms at the feet and at the entrances of the healthcare workers, of the doctors, who deserve all the honor in the world today and for the suffering as well in ERs across the country? They not only deserve all the honor, what they are doing round the clock is Christ-like. Find me at Medium at AG200111, Alex Garrett. And I'm writing about Palm Sunday today. And my Palm Sunday edition of the the Sunday pod is going to include Rob Campbell of the Rob Campbell Leadership uh, Entrepreneurship. But I wanted to say this week we've seen celebrities such as Neil Diamond encouraging social distancing and washing their hands. So I, I love that he tuned up his uh, his classic Sweet Caroline to encourage us to wash our hands. And believe it or not, you might might disagree with me, but the president actually sounded very encouraging of continuing physical distancing and that being a way we are united. And I want to encourage everyone to keep following our guidelines on slowing the spread. Sustaining this war effort is, and that's what it is, is a war effort, is the patriotic duty of every citizen. While we may be more physically distant for a time, we're closer together in the heart and in the spirit. And through this great national unity is happening. We're having a great unity developing that a lot of people didn't think would be possible to develop like this. I agree, and I truly hope that the unity we are facing now, staying in force, is going to continue. Now, I didn't like that President Trump went after the Captain Crozier, but that's a different debate for a different day. But if you thought, if you didn't want to heed Neil Diamond's uh, song, if you didn't want to kneel, uh, heed to President Trump's guidelines or the CDC's guidelines, maybe this voice out of England, in fact, Buckingham Cal- Palace, 
In fact, Windsor Castle might encourage you to stay inside if you are non-essential and haven't been staying inside already. I also want to thank those of you who are staying at home, thereby helping to protect the vulnerable and sparing many families the pain already felt by those who have lost loved ones. And that is the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. So, all across the board, encouragement this week to stay inside, to continue stopping the spread, encouragement to wash our hands from the clever Neil Diamond with the classic, re-editing the classic. Now it's up to us. We've heard from the Queen. If you don't want to listen to the Queen, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you anymore. But how do we lead through something like this? I talk about this on my extra feature, leadership through this. Well, Rob Campbell is my Sunday pod guest, and he discussed with me that exact thinking of how he's leading people through this pandemic. Rob Campbell, uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure, Alex. Thanks for having me. And uh, I know we've been talking here and there on LinkedIn and and other places to uh, get you on the pod, so thanks for joining me. And this is a very tenuous time, and I thought... Your leadership skills through this, I'm seeing on LinkedIn almost every day, is so inspiring, and I want you to walk us through it, because I know you actually have a leadership uh, company organization as well. Yes, I do. Um, I feel um, it's nice to be, you know, a part of the discussions out there, because I think a lot of people are struggling in a variety of ways right now. I, and, and so tell us some of the leadership skills. You're you're also a veteran, and so you you incorporate that into your leadership style. Yeah, I mean, uh, all my leadership was born in my service in the military, you know, 27 years. Um, I had a tremendous opportunity to practice leadership and learn leadership at various levels in the toughest places on earth. Free combat tours, you know, I led anywhere from 24 men all the way up to almost 5,000. So <laughs> a tremendous experience that I have now brought with me since my retirement in 2016 um, into the private sector to help companies, you know, overcome problems, deal with crisis, uh, lead better, care for their people. Well, tell us what uh, what branch you were part of uh, for those 27 years. Yeah, I was an Army guy, Army infantry, ranger, paratrooper, jump master, uh, all those crazy things you see. So wasn't smart enough to do anything well, else in the Army. And I, I think it's important to bring you on because on Friday I saw that they had just eased restrictions on the Air Force Base because two suicides occurred. And I, I thought maybe you could give us how, in a team, um, you guys would survive the battlefield. You guys would get each other through the battlefield. I mean, I'm sure it's the same kind of mentality right now for everybody. Yeah, it is. Um, I can't speak to what you know the Air Force's policies are, what they're doing, but I can speak to the... the uh the bond that occurs in military service where um, it happens to a, a lot of different ways. Usually it, it's, it's uh, typically it's hardship that we get put through as a team where we have to rely on each other. And that's when people really start to show their true colors and what they're capable of, right? We all have different capabilities and we contribute to teams in different ways. And the military is a great way of forcing small teams, be it two, six, nine, even larger, into tough situations where they have to depend upon each other. General Stanley McChrystal says it very well. The bond between soldiers is a bond stronger than marriage vows. You know, because life, life, life is at, um, you know, lives are at stake. And so it's a very serious business. And you only get through that 
by being a strong, cohesive team. You know, combat's very dangerous. Uh, It's a scary place. It's just um, wrought with danger. And the only way you get through that is by having a team. It's like walking alone in the dark, right? You'd you'd rather be with somebody else, the comfort of someone else's company and protection. It's the same thing in combat. So we do what we do in dangerous places because we're emboldened by a team of warriors, battle buddies, right to our left and right. Uh, That's what gives us the courage to go forth and do what we need to do. Well, right now I feel like we're all kind of being pushed together and trying to work together here. So for those who haven't been on a battlefield but are in this together, what is the best advice you can give them in this very moment? Yeah, um, it it is stay together. It is. There's lots of different things to consider in this time. You know, I've been, all of us have been given a, there'll probably be a longer answer to your question. Um, But what can we do? Well, I I think we need to try and stay connected in some way. Luckily, we have all kinds of electronic means to do that. I'm doing a lot of engagements with people still, very busy through Zoom sessions, right? So at least you can video and see each other. It doesn't replace that human interaction, which I miss, uh, but at least I get that. You can dialogue, you can communicate back and forth, and it doesn't get lost in a text or a chat room or something like that. So I think we've got to find ways to stay connected like that. Um, This is really, you know, crisis brings out the best in people. It can also bring out the worst, but it really brings out the best in people. And I think you're seeing that right now in our nation where companies have stepped up to alter their production lines and uh, people are volunteering and bosses are taking pay cuts and trying to, you know, spread the pain across an organization so that not just one person suffers. Um, it's pretty inspiring. Some of the best stories uh, and, and most bonding moments that people have experienced have been during hardship, like the bombing in Britain and the, uh, the, the, the trouble in, um, in the Balkans and Sarajevo, and where people came together uh, under a survival um, and really bonded, and, and people miss those kind of times. It's really described nicely in the book Tried by Sebastian Younger of why people flock to things like that because it's it's fulfilling it's it's what we desire as humans is that bonding and connection that's really important so um you know it's unfortunate sometimes that it takes a crisis to bring us together like that because i think we're becoming very isolated and very separated in society certainly divided politically uh and it's disheartening because i think at the end of the day day in and day out normal people just want to do right by each other and help each other and, and um, sometimes it takes a crisis like a 9-11 or a COVID-19 to, to really show mm-hmm. that, hey, the only way to get through this is together, is through sacrificing, is, you know, following some strict rules and, and um, you know, doing our part to get through this. Well, that I, I totally agree with. And uh, it's, it is sad that it takes a crisis. Now, I want to talk about your leadership um, company a little bit because you're a veteran that said, you know what, I may have come back, but I'm not giving up totally and I'm going to encourage other veterans to do something amazing after war. And so why don't you elaborate on that? Because that's a very big part yeah, of your life question, right now. Alex. So when I transitioned, like most veterans, um, 
I was really asking the wrong question. What do I want to do next, right? That's always, it's always there. You don't think about it much while in service in uniform because you don't have to. You know, your job's not going to go away overnight. Uh, you've got that security blanket of a government paycheck. But it's not forever. You can't soldier forever. So, you know, you got to transition out. And for me, um, I was lucky that I had that core purpose. I had discovered that um, thanks to the Army in 2012. And I knew that when I transitioned out, I had to carry that with me, that core purpose. And so I could do it in a variety of ways. It didn't necessarily answer what job or what it is I was going to do, but I knew that I had to to follow that, making a difference in the lives of others through optimistic leadership. I had to find a way to do that somehow. And um, I also, you know, after 27 years in free combat tours, I had worked a lifetime, so I wasn't ready to step into another frying pan. You know, a big corporation out there getting ground to a halt, uh, working 50, 60-hour weeks. Um, it's just not what I wanted to do. Um, but I had some passions. I enjoyed writing. I uh, really enjoyed uh, speaking. Um, and so I wrote a book, wrote a book on leadership. And while I was doing that, uh, kind of discovered, you know, I could, I could sell this. I can, you know, use this as a big business card to speak and consult and coach in organizations to share all of my experiences, what I got right and what I got wrong with others. And so there it began in the spring of 2017. And what I share with veterans a lot, so that's a very entrepreneurial, it's an entrepreneurship um, example, right? And so I think more veterans ought to step into entrepreneurship. You're your own boss, you can create your own cause, you can do good in the world, you can continue serving, right? like I do. And, uh, but it's tough. I, I started in the spring of 17. I didn't get my first paying client until January of 18. It took that long to get there. It was a long, hard journey. Uh, and I almost jumped off the bus a few times, but I'm glad I didn't. I kind of stuck with it. And, um, it's not all easy. And I wouldn't say that all my clients are perfect. There are some that are better than others. Uh, but I do love what I do. I get a lot of fulfillment out of it instead of just chasing a job. And so, you know, my advice for veterans as they get out is, is answer this question. Who are you? Not the question of what do you want to do? Because once you know that, and you can stay loyal to that, then it'll take you somewhere. You know, what your passions are, what you really, you know, puts you in that flow state where you've got energy and you're confident and you feel good about it. Um, that's going to be really important for a veteran transitioning out. And that's why I'm in leadership. I've got so much experience with it. I, you know, really enjoy doing that. I, I think I found my, I know I found my passion through military service. It was never the grand plan. I kind of stumbled upon it by accident, you know, as I decided to, uh, to join the military way back when. But it was an amazing journey of 27 years, and I'm really enjoying being on the outside now, sharing it with, business leaders who don't get um, the experience, the training, the education that I was afforded in military service in a private business. You know, you get an MBA, there's no leadership instruction in there, yet you go into a business, you have to lead people. So you're ill-equipped to do it. It doesn't make you a bad person, but you're just not prepared to do it so well. So that's where, you know, I believe I can help with my business. Well, and you've also written books about your experiences, right? You've been publishing a little yeah. bit more. So I, in, in writing about your experience, writing about 
the day-to-day. Uh, anything from the book that you recommend people reading now for inspiration to get us through COVID-19? Mm, that's a great question. Um, inspirational books to get us through COVID-19. Well, you know, I... Uh... Is my book? It's personal, not personnel. Uh, that was. The well, I was going to say through through your book, what would people get out uh, of it during COVID nineteen? What they would find in its personal, not personnel, is a very people centric approach to leadership. It's all about the person. It's about getting to know the person. It's also about getting to know yourself, knowing yourself, uh, and engaging in introspection and self awareness, so that you know who you are before you lead. I tell everybody, step one in leadership is knowing who you are, the strengths and weaknesses, your positives and negatives, so that you can lead better, surround yourself with people that can help you. And so uh, it's personal, not personnel, in this time that we're in, shows people uh, how you actually get to know somebody. What, what is it like to know somebody far beyond their resume? You know, in biography, uh, who is Alex? You know, what makes him tick? What's his family history? What is he good at? What is he not so good at? Um, what are his passions? Where does he want to go in life? What an opportunity we have to get to know people. Even through this whole separation, we can do that. Mm. And so the book talks a lot about that. It talks about who I am as a leader. And it gives it just gives a lot of good examples of um how you put people-centric leadership into practice in an organization. Because I did it in this large Army brigade that I led when I was the CEO of a large organization of almost 5,000 people. We had the number one organization in the Army for human resource performance. Well, that is that – is, When we led our division of retention, people wanted that's to That's amazing. And I never – you never think of a brigade – you yeah, never think worked. of like a base or a camp as – as a CEO running it, but that's kind of what it must have felt like then as, as the leader of your, your troop. Yeah, I was, I was a leader of a large enterprise. It's like a CEO of a large business. It's, it's the very same thing. You know, it's just that I was in the, the profession of arms versus maybe, you know, pharmaceuticals or some other industry. But at the end of the day, a company is a group of people, an organization, a military unit, a group of people. And so that's where that people centric leadership comes in. You can, find that book on my website, robcampbellleadership.com. Let me talk about the second one. That's not on shelves yet. It's due out on 30th of April. It is up on pre-order on Amazon. The title of that book is At Ease, uh, A Soldier's Perspective, uh, Stories and Perspectives on the Journey to an Encore Life and Career. When I transitioned out in 2016, I didn't have anything to reference. I mean, there were plenty of checklists and whatnot, what the military wanted me to do, what I had to do to be able to transition out um, back into society. But there wasn't any kind of philosophy or perspective I could read from somebody that had been institutionalized in military service. And so the book uh, is a bit of a memoir in terms of how I went about my journey, but it's also some perspectives on different things like um, celebrating your service. How do you transit? Like, like even making the call. How do you make the call to transition out? How do you tell your boss? Mm-hmm. Uh, the new focus you can place on your spouse who's been there to support you the whole time. Passions that you can now chase on the outside. Entrepreneurship. Lots of different things the book talks about uh, that can inform someone else's journey to get to a better place. I'm still on my journey. I'm I'm coming up on four years transitioned. I have not necessarily arrived yet. I don't know when I might. 
but it is a journey. And the book was very helpful from a selfish perspective in writing it to kind of get my thoughts down on paper. Uh, and I've shared pieces of it already with some people out there that have gotten a, a ton out of it. So I'm really excited about At Ease. Um, you can find that right now on Amazon. Uh, I don't have it on my website yet, but it's on Amazon for pre-order. I'm excited to get that one on the street. Well, let me ask you this: because you would think, because the military is always viewed as the toughest of us all, right? Because you guys are going to the battle. But when you yep. see a story like Friday, when they started to ease restrictions on the Air Force base in Colorado, I mean, that's a telling sign that even the military may not be able to sustain through this. So if they start easing restrictions, should society take the military's cue if other bases start to do the same thing? I don't think so, Alex. I think that, um, you know, it's different than the military. We, we have the mission to support and defend our nation, uh, regardless of a virus, regardless of a downturn in the economy, regardless of just about anything. That mission doesn't change because our adversaries don't care about coronavirus. You know, they want to attack us and bring us down. And so the military has to be on the front lines. And sometimes that's going to cause us to have to ease restrictions for the right reasons. Again, I don't know what the policies are on these bases, so I don't want to speak to that. But um, but it is not the same in society. So you have to look at the military in a different light in terms of what we have to do. And uh, there is risk associated with that, without question. You know, when you bring people together in a time like this with a virus spreading around, there is a danger. But it's a trade-off, isn't it? It's a, it's a question we have to ask ourselves. Mm. You know, do we go into isolation and shut down the U.S. military and risk getting attacked? You know, like they, they're doing a lot of stuff on the drug smuggling, um, you know, down near Florida. They've the actually expanded it with all the... Uh... Yeah, they've expanded a lot of that effort, yeah. which is great because I think people could take advantage of this time, and we can't let that happen. No, you can't. And so there's your trade-off, right? Do we, do we isolate, shut down the military, or do we, we take the risk that there may be some service members that get the virus, uh, but yet our nation is safe? That's the greater good, and really that's the argument there. The greater good is that we have a, a nation that's safe and can do what it needs to do right now while its military stands watch. And overall, I just hope, and maybe you agree with me, that a gradual easing could happen, and that would be the best for this country. And until then, we just have to literally wait it out together. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, certainly, we can't, this can't go on forever. There'd be people that die of bankruptcy, you know. I mean, you were talking about the tragedy associated with a time like this. Um, but, you know, we're a strong, rich nation, um, and we're going to get ourselves through this. And so I, I think we could afford you know, a few more weeks of this to get curves flattened and let the medical folks do what they need to do and, you know, try and catch up and get us in a safer place so that we lose a lot less lives than we would. Uh, but at some point in time, you know, the American people need to get back to uh, somewhat normal, somewhat normal life. So we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an, I'm not an ease the restriction guy just for the sake of easing restrictions. Uh, I'm an easing restriction guy and and when the time is right and balancing risk because there's never going to be a perfect time. Say, okay, there is no threat. Go back on, you know, go back to the work, head back to the Mm -hmm. bars. Um, It'll always be out there, but it's going to be a risk equation. And that's why leadership during these times is tough. And that's why I want to help because we have to make these hard calls. Thanks for your impact during this time, Rob Campbell. I appreciate that, Alex. And, uh, 
Tell us your Twitter, email, LinkedIn one more time, just so and website, so people get a, a handle of it. Yeah, yeah. Two places to find me: um, my website, robcampbellleadership.com, all one word, three L's, robcampbellleadership.com, and then LinkedIn, Rob Campbell Leadership on LinkedIn. You can find me. Um, I do quite a bit of posting on there as well. I've got a Facebook business a business account as well. Not much on Twitter. I may get on there yet. I don't. I don't know. All right, Rob. Well, we'll, we will be in touch, and please come back once the 30th hits. Interesting, your book's coming out the same day that hopefully this whole thing is is winding down. So maybe that's a good little uh, convergence there. So we'll have to see, and I'd love to bring you back to talk about the book. That'd be great. Always available Uh, to you. All right, Rob. Rob Campbell, I'm Alex Garrett. This has been the Sunday Pod. Please stay safe, and Rob, thanks again for joining. Thank you, Alex. And thank you to Rob Campbell for joining this Sunday pod. And uh, to close out, Selah's version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Because truly, Christ's entrance into Jerusalem, the celebration of that today, comes at a time where he can truly disperse Have a great night.